0: Chapter thirteen of Grace Harlow's Problem by Jessie Graham Flower This Librivox recording is in the public domain Chapter thirteen A Disturbing Confidence Grace awoke the next morning with the weight of a disagreeable duty hanging over her. She had given Jean Brent until after Thanksgiving to decide upon her course of action. Jean's discard for her wishes had already placed a freshman in an unenviable prominence in college. Conscientious to her fault, Grace believed herself to be partly to blame for what had occurred during her weekend absence from Harlowe House. She should have insisted in the beginning on absolute frankness on the part of Jean. She had respected the girl's secret and invested her with an honour which she did not possess it now looked as though she as well as jean might already be in a position to reap the folly of such a course with miss wilder as a dean grace knew that jean's indiscretion would be treated with leniency but she was by no means sure of what miss wharton's attitude might be should the story reach her ears grace hoped devoutly that it would not but whatever happened jean brent must impart to her what she had hitherto kept a secret Grace was resolved upon that much, at least. She could not decide as to the wisest course to pursue until she had heard Jean's story. She decided to wait until the girls were at luncheon, then asked Jean to come to her office that afternoon before dinner. At luncheon, however, greatly to her surprise, Jean walked directly up to her table and said in a low tone, I have decided to tell you my secret, Miss Harlowe. When may I talk to you? I shall be in my office when you come from your classes this afternoon, or I can wait for you in my room if you prefer. A great wave of relief swept over Grace as she answered the girl. She had feared that Jean would prove stubborn in her determination to keep her secret. Thank you. I will come to your office. Jean turned away abruptly. Emma Dean had noted Jean's unusually meek manner. She had endeavored not to hear what was not intended for her ears, but low as were Jean's tones, the words reached her. She made no comment after Jean had taken her place at one of the other tables, until Grace remarked, Emma, you could hardly help hearing what Miss Brent said to me. Yes, I heard what she said, responded Emma unemotionally. I'm so glad she has decided to trust me. It might be better for all concerned if she had trusted you in the beginning was Emma's dry retort I Can't help feeling a trifle out of patience with that girl grace She had no business to commit an act no matter how trivial that would lay you open to criticism Have you heard anyone in particular criticizing me? Asked grace with quick anxiety Emma did not answer for a moment grace watched her her gray eyes troubled I'll tell you precisely what I heard this morning before I left overton hall to come here for luncheon. I stopped for a moment to see miss Duncan Miss Arthur that new teacher of oratory was with her. I Walked into the room just in time to hear miss Duncan say I can scarcely credit it. I'm surprised that miss Harlowe." Then she saw me turned red and stopped short Miss Arthur looked rather sheepishly at me. I pretended that I had heard nothing asked the question I intended to ask, and went on my way, much perturbed in my spirit. "'I can't bear to hear you criticised in the smallest degree, Grace,' was Emma's vehement cry. "'I'm sure it was about this sale they were talking. It's all very well for Miss Brent to take the stand that she has the privilege of doing as she pleases with her own clothing, but there is something about the very idea of a sale, of wearing apparel, that quite upsets Overton traditions and causes Harlow House to lose dignity.' One can't imagine an enterprising clothes merchant living at Holland or Morton House or even at Wayne Hall. The student should have had the good taste to discourage it, but from what I hear, Miss Palmer had expatiated on the glories of Miss Brent's wardrobe to the clique of the girls she chums with, and they gathered like flies about a honey pot. You'll usually find the girls with the largest allowances are always eager to obtain much for the smallest possible outlay. I think, too, that Miss Palmer's influence is not wholesome. It led to Evelyn Ward's folly last year. Evelyn hadn't been unduly friendly with her so far this year. I've noticed that. I can't believe Evelyn had anything to do with this sale, asserted Grace. She may have known of it, but she never sanctioned it. At least she didn't attend it, commented Emma. But come to think of it, neither did Althea Parker. Don't you remember I mentioned to you that I met Evelyn on the campus that fateful Saturday, and she said she was going to spend the afternoon with Miss Parker? Then if Miss Parker was ringleader in the affair, why didn't she have the courage to attend the sale? was Grace's quick question. For further information, inquire of Miss Brent, advised Emma, shrugging her shoulders. I will, sighed Grace. I seem fated to puzzle over hard questions, don't I? It was half-past four o'clock when Jean Brent entered the office where Grace sat idly turning the leaves of a magazine. Sit down, Miss Brent, invited Grace, then in her usual direct fashion, I'm ready to listen to anything you wish to say. Jean Brent flushed, then the color receded from her fair skin, leaving her very pale, In a low tone she began a recital that caused Grace Harlow's eyes to become riveted on her in intense surprise, mingled with consternation. An expression of lively sympathy sprang into her face. However, as the story proceeded, and when Jean had finished with a half-sob, Grace stretched out her hands impulsively with, You poor little girl! Jean clasped the outstretched hands and murmured, You don't blame me so much then, do you, Miss Harlowe?" No, I can't. Grace made honest answer. But I am so sorry that you did not come to me with this in the beginning. I could have helped you arrange your affairs nicely. You could have borrowed money from the Semper Fidelis Fund, and later, if you were desirous of selling your wardrobe, you could have disposed of it in New York City for fully as much as you have received for it here. A dear friend of mine in New York who is an actress has often told me that the women of the various theatrical companies who play minor parts are only too glad to purchase attractive wearing apparel which society women sell after one wearing. I didn't know. I'm sorry I didn't tell you long ago. Jean was thoroughly penitent. Will it make so very much difference now? I hope not. It is hard to say. Unfortunately, the news of the sale has reached the ears of several members of the faculty Not only you but I as well have been criticized We can do nothing except wait for the gossip about it to die a dire natural death Grace's quiet acceptance of the unpleasantness which jeans rash act had forced upon her stung the freshman far more sharply than reproof I can go to the Dean and tell her what I have told you faltered Jean Grace shook her head no, I should not advise it. This affair belongs entirely to Harlowe House and should be settled here. I will write to Miss Lipton to-night. If Miss Wilder were here I should not hesitate to place matters before her, but I am not so sure of Miss Wharton, the woman who is filling Miss Wilder's position. For the present, at least, silence would be best. If Miss Wharton hears of it and sends for you, then you had better be frank and conceal nothing. Do you mean that you intend to keep my secret, Miss Harlowe? that you will let me stay on at Harlowe House and finish my freshman year? Yes, not only the freshman year, but your sophomore, junior, and senior years as well, provided Miss Lipton approves and advises it. I shall write to her exactly what has occurred. She is nearest to you, and therefore to her belongs a decision. But while I am endeavouring to work for your interest, I wish you to work for it too. I would like to see you more self-reliant. You have been brought up in luxury. But you must forget that as matters now stand you will one day be obliged to earn your own living you may build your foundation for a useful life during your freshman year grace's voice vibrated with an earnestness that visibly moved her listener i will try i will try she declared fervently it is wonderful in you to care so much about me when i have been so troublesome we won't think of that any longer smiled grace However, there is one question which I must ask you. Did Miss Ward know of the sale? No, admitted Jean, looking ashamed. I kept it a secret from her. Miss Parker purposely invited her to luncheon that afternoon. She picked out the things she wanted to buy beforehand and took them out afterward. Evelyn was very angry. We quarrelled and have not spoken to each other since. It was my fault. Then to please me, Will you try to be friends with Miss Ward again? Yes. You must tell no one else what you have told me, stipulated Grace farther. It must be a secret between us. I will tell no one, promised Jean. The ringing of the doorbell and the entrance of the maid with a card brought the confidential talk to an end. Grace rose and held out her hand. I must go, she said. I will talk with you again when I hear from Miss Lipton. Thank you over and over again, Miss Harlowe. Jean's eyes were lit with a strength of purpose rarely seen in them as she left the office and thoughtfully climbed the stairs to her room. She resolved anew to be worthy of Grace Harlowe's approval and respect. End of chapter thirteen.